Hello and welcome to this episode of Ear Talk where we are celebrating International Women's Day. We get a brief introduction to the women of Bishar Council and talk a bit about the role of gender in audiology. We had a few technical issues with the sound on this episode, but thankfully we managed to preserve the core of the conversation. Now let's jump in to the session. Okay, hello. Welcome ladies of Bishar Council. We are getting together today for this podcast in honor of International Women's Day. So, we'll start off with a brief introduction from all the ladies we have on here. We are missing one council member, Brenda Quinn Hayes, but I'm sure we'll catch up with her on another occasion. For today, can we start with you, Sam Dixon? Could you please tell us what you do? I work for Specsavers as the National Audiology Professional Development Manager and this is now my third year on Bishar Council. Yes, and Sam is also the chair for the delivery committee uh, with lots of uh, wonderful plans this year. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, next, let's go to Eleanor Cadman. I went into audiology after the MSC, via the MSC route, sorry, um, and have now done 15 years in the NHS and recently moved over to independent work and I'm working um, out of Leamington Spa. And I've just joined Bishar Council recently, so it's been sort of two months now, so just finding my feet. And we're really excited to have you, Ellie. Welcome on board. Let's go to Heather Kennington next. I've been with Bishar now. This is my third year, uh, which is very exciting. Um, and I've been with Hidden Hearing for the past 10 years. So, yes, been around the hearing industry for a little while now. And last but not least, we've got Jasmine Apokawari. Um, I've been with Bishar for about a year now. Um, as part of my responsibilities, I co-edit the Bishar People magazine um, and also chair the Equalities Committee. Um, I have been working with Boots Hearing Care for about five and a half years now and it's great to sit down with all the ladies on council today to celebrate this very very important day. Yeah absolutely Jasmine it's wonderful to finally get to, uh, some down sort of downtime uh, to have a chat with um my fellow ladies on the Bishar Council. Um, I think we'll probably start off with a slight bit more of an introduction in, in terms of, you know, how we got involved in audiology. Um, I'll go a slightly different route. So this time I'll start with Heather. Um, and basically it's more of, um, you know, because we are, you know, focusing on International Women's Day, um, just wondering if, you know, the fact that you are a woman had any consideration uh, to your decision to, to going into audiology or did you not was that a factor or, or not for you being a, a woman didn't influence my decision in audiology it was brought on by seeing lots of audiologists as a youngster so um, I've struggled with my hearing since I was about three years old and I've had approximately six operations on my ears which is what spurred me on to become an audiologist. Um, I always had a passion for it and I did my BSL uh, sign language uh, when I was 15 and I took that to interpreter level. So I've always been around the hard of hearing and it's always fascinated me. Uh, there's so many different ways you can, you can help a person through technology, through language and, and just general getting that communication out there is fantastic as I've found for myself. <laughs> 
Well, that's amazing. Um, obviously, you've got a deep connection, actually, um, with audiology, and I'm, I'm sure that that shines through when you're seeing patients as well. I Ellie? I think uh, being a woman changed my um, reason for going into audiology, or was my reason. It was more that I was doing science um, for my BSc. I was doing biomedical science, and the lab work was just... Um, it was just not the most interesting thing to me. I found that I wanted to be around people a bit more rather than just stuck <laughs> growing cells in a lab. Um, so alongside that, whilst I was at um, uni, I, I like um, Heather, I took up BSL um, and was studying that at night school. And I just thought, yeah, this is this is interesting. It was something different. And I think then through my research, when I came across audiology as a different science career, I thought, yeah, that's the one for me. So that's why I applied and went into audiology. I actually have a few women to credit for supporting me in my journey into audiology. Um, I started within Scrivens maybe... 12 years ago now um, because my mum is a general manager at a Scriven store um, and whilst I was working in the store I saw a position advertised for regional trainer and having just left the secondary education mm. sector I decided to make use of my skills and uh, go for the promotion um, following encouragement from my mum so because of my mum I got into the regional trainer role when I was asked by the director what I thought of training optics I told them that I thought it was boring sorry spec savers um, <laughs> I just really missed that engagement <laughs> and connection that you got with people and um, that I felt that I got when I was teaching so the director suge suggested um, that I looked into audiology so um, yeah I how can I say it? I, I developed a bit of a, um, a a crush with audiology I loved how the dispensers that I observed um, you know made life-changing um, improvements to, for their patients I loved the transformations I loved the stories so I was absolutely bowled over um, so yeah that was my journey into audiology about 10 years ago like many of us audiology seems to have found you <laughs> how about you Jasmine what influenced your decision to go into audiology I have a cousin who is hearing impaired so I've always been aware of the field of the industry and it was always the kind of technical side of the field that I was um, very much interested in. Um, I do often on the back of reflecting of my decisions about going into the industry think about whether being a woman um, had influenced me. So I grew up and went to an all-girls school and I think I it's an honest thing to say that we certainly were geared towards more kind of health and care related type um, industries so I do think there could be that possible element of things and just speaking quite generally um, as women we do tend to be kind of geared and reared towards a more care orientated industry so I would say that there may have been that subtle into um, influence but it was also something that was made aware to me when I was when I was quite young. Mm. That's you've actually tied into what I was going to ask next somewhat, somewhat without realizing it Jasmine and um, it was more do you do we feel that um, sort of audiology has a gender or an expected gender 
in terms of do you think that there are more women in audiology um, or do you feel um, depends on what area of audiology you're involved in? Do you think that gender has a play in audiology at all? I think I'll go to um, Sam first, because Sam, you talked about, um, you know, women influencing you, uh, you know, you, you know, you're crediting some women being involved in your your journey with audiology. From my own personal experience, if I think back to when I first started in audiology, I remember a lot of the more experienced uh, dispensers that were working in the organisation I was in at the time were, as far as I could tell, male um, or male presenting. And now within the role that I'm in, I see students coming through from universities um, through the foundation degree route, the BSc route and the apprenticeship route. And it is becoming a more uh, female presented um, heavy. So I don't know if that's because of the transition from audiology being what I believe might have been more a sales um, industry. And now it's moving towards more of a care industry. Um, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if there's any data to support that. Um, but I, I feel like I have seen a, a bit of a, um, a shift in trend. Yeah, that is actually quite interesting, isn't it? Um, Jasmine, what do you think? I think in regards to the more experienced um, audiologists I see within my workplace, they tend to be male, but being a um, a clinical supervisor alongside my role, I do largely mix with students and I do see that the trend is definitely more uh, women orientated now. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? Um, Sam, um, Ellie or Heather, do you have any, do you want to contribute to that yeah, as well? Yeah, I think um, this is Ellie. Um, so... I think coming from the NHS side, it's been predominantly women that I've worked with um, and that it was often kind of um, the one token male within a department. It was unusual to get more than one male. Um, and then certainly coming over and looking um, more at the private sector, what um, the others have said is absolutely true. There seems to, seems to always be a lot of high profile um, men that have been in the industry for a long time. But it does look like that sort of landscape seems to be changing. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, you might have an interesting view from being a child, um, being you know being in audiology uh, clinics as a child. Were your audiologists mainly men, women? It was more ladies, actually. I've got to say, um, in terms of the NHS side. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree completely with Sam in terms of the private clinics. From being with Hidden for ten years. In the beginning, it was very much a male-dominated organisation. But it has changed dramatically. And I think more so in the last three to five years, we started seeing a lot more ladies come through. um, And you saw a change in patients with that as well. You know, you saw different patients coming through the doors because they had that lady there. Some people feel that more comforted by a female presence um, and, and, and I'd have to say from that side of it seeing a difference in clients and seeing a difference in in um, the organization itself was was really interesting interesting to be a part of at that time yeah that's actually very interesting I mean because we're, we're focusing on sort of gender at the moment do you think um 
And I mean, I, I already hear that sense and I do see that sense um, of, you know, a lot of women being involved on the NHS side of things um, in audiology and sometimes finding more men in the private sector, although, as we said, things are changing. Um, do you think that there are any um, challenges uh, that will be more specific to women in, in, in the field of audiology or in, in an audiology career? Would you say that um, have you personally experienced any challenges as a woman in audiology or do you think that um, do you expect there to be certain differences or challenges, you know, depending on, on your gender as an audiologist? Um, I think could I start maybe um, with Heather? Not not personally. Um, I feel as though I'm equal to any of the males working in, in my industry. Um, there's not really. I think the hardest bit was moving away from it being sales. Um, and it was predominantly, you'd see a lot of the men and it was a sales role to them. Now that it's opened up and it's become more about care, which is what it is ultimately, it's making sure and ensuring mm. that you have the correct support, the correct needs, all of those things should be met. Um, I think, to be fair, it's, it's equal equal nowadays compared to what it was I think the difficulty was overcoming from when it changed to that prospect you know to, to actually becoming I'm going to pause um, so that I think I think you, you're pausing for, for a very good reason yeah. there because we already discussed just before we started the podcast you know as, as women well I guess there are also men who, who, who will experience this, but, you know, not only are we, um, you know, full-time working on our careers, but we get home on a day like today where we're recording this, you know, after hours um, and we've still got a full-time job with children. So, and I know that you've got your, your little son, your son around um, uh, who might need your attention <laughs> uh, right now. Um, that's absolutely fine. And, that, you know, that that's part of that's part of, you know, what we're, we're talking about today, to be honest. And um, I think let me move on to to Jasmine for now. So I think that it would be undeniable to say that there are challenges that come with being a woman in the working space in regards to a day to day element of things. I wouldn't say that this is something that I experience on a day to day, but in terms of um, previous experiences, I, ha I have found that I have generally been quite challenged in, in regards to my um, experience or challenged in um, kind of recommendations. And sometimes there is, is, there is that kind of reflection of would this happen if I, if I, was, if I was a man? I think, of course, adding on to the intersection element of it, because I am a woman of colour as well. So there is that element to play as well. So I think stereotypical thinking is quite ingrained into our society. Um, most of it is unconscious. Um, but I, I do think we wouldn't be having days like this um, where we need to have topics and conversation around it if it was something that that wasn't a challenge that was in place. Mm, that's a really good point. Eleanor, would you like to comment on that? Home life is quite a challenge um, for some of us with young families as females. We kind of feel try a sort of split life trying to look after the children mm. and also develop our career and 
I've been very lucky that I've got a very, very supporting husband and he's followed me around the country. And that's one of the things that I think is challenging, that to move into more senior roles, that some in some pathways means being prepared to uproot and move around a bit. And actually, you, you get to a point where that becomes a little bit more difficult. <laughs> um, so trying to get that done is, is definitely challenging. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sam? So as a woman, I've chosen to remain child free. Um, And the reason why I've chosen to remain child free is because I didn't want children to limit my opportunities for promotion. Um, When I was promoted from um, optical advisor to regional trainer, that involved a move from Portsmouth to London. When I had a promotion from regional trainer to um, audiology trainer, that involved a move from London to to Birmingham. When I changed roles from Scrivens to Specsavers, that involved a move from Birmingham to Leeds. So I do not believe that I could have, that would have been possible mm. for me if I had children. Um, I'd also like to look at some of the gender uh, gap pay reports that are released by a lot of organisations and I find it really interesting Mm. that um, organisations will happily stand by their reports and say that the reason why women are paid less in their organisations is because they have positions that aren't as high in the hierarchy and I think those organisations need to look at themselves and question why aren't women climbing higher and I think childcare might be a big part of it. Absolutely, Sam. Do you know, Sam, you've you've actually hit the nail on the head for if if you ask me that question about um, you know, what what sort of challenges might a woman have over a man? And I strongly feel that, you know, it would probably be the area of childbearing. Um and obviously we you know, most people do want to have a family, some people don't, um, which obviously is absolutely fine. But if you do want to have a family, you do realise that it most likely will affect or interfere with... I mean, for instance, if you have clinics every week, getting referrals every week for, for uh, you know, on, on your clinics, uh, if you're going to have a baby, first of all, obviously, you're going to be uncomfortable for, for nine months. And after that time, then you're going to have to take some time off. And if you run your own practice, you know, it, you know you, these are... A, very heavy considerations that you have to you know think about and and and, you know not to take anything away from men but you know luckily for them that's not something that they really have to really worry about or be concerned about so this is either you know whether you're you know an NHS staff whether you work for someone even if you work for yourself um, it's still a very big consideration that women have to you know take on that you know most men don't I totally agree with with um, with with the comments that that we've made uh that have been made so far now when we talk about you know you're talking about gender the, the pay gap uh as well where do you think that this comes from if we for instance you know on on the NHS we do have an, a lot of women in 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 you know senior positions do you think that's the case also on the NHS Sam? I've never looked at any gender um, pay gap report for the NHS. Um, But what I do think is that organisations that have identified that women aren't in positions of leadership within their organisation should be looking at themselves and asking, are we really doing everything we possibly can to support not only women, but people from all backgrounds and all identities who aren't well represented in those higher levels of leadership to ask themselves, what are we doing to support all of these people and making sure that everyone is represented at all levels throughout our organisation? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, that's that's absolutely a call on the leadership to be looking at these diversity issues, um, which I think that's obviously a part of. But now you've got you've actually moved on <laughs> uh, to to something else I was going to talk about in general about women. So how how important do you think it is? Because we, we we're talking about some of these issues affecting women and certain things only affecting women. Um, how important do you think it is for women to actually support each other and lift each other up, um, whether in our industry or, or any other industry? Jasmine? The value of having um, allies throughout your career is completely necessary. I'm a really big fan of building community and um, mentorship and being willing to be mentors for uh, younger women that may be coming within the industry. Um, it's important to have people that you're able to confide in and to have um, women that you uh, can look to as a as role models which again just links to the comments that we have been making as we need to be able to identify and see ourselves within those kind of higher leadership positions because um, it's aspirational um, I would just encourage women everywhere to look out for one another because we're not you know alone we can build community within ourselves we can empower each other we can share tips and um just advice and how to navigate the working world because again i just want to stress we certainly wouldn't be needing these conversations or to be having these international days if we were at a position where we had gender equality um a report from the world economic forum kind of state sadly but in our lifetime we're not going to see gender equality it's going to take near a century before we're able to get to that position so i think it's very important for us to uplift each other build community and that will just enable enable that overall empowerment of us awesome jasmine uh would you like to add anything to that uh, eleanor i agree that it's really useful to have female allies and I think our jobs can be a little bit lonely at times. We often work on like satellite clinics. We're often on our own in places. And, um, you know, when you are working out on your own, you, it's useful to have someone that you can call upon. And I was very lucky to meet um, another uh, hearing aid dispenser in the industry that was female and I felt ha- shared similar values to myself, um, which has meant that I've then got someone to bounce ideas off and vice versa so it's worked a really nice relationship um and I think just having yeah any other females to bounce ideas off has been really useful um throughout my career Heather I can see you're back with us would you like to comment on that I think you know having having that person that sounding board um is absolutely key um, I'd be lost without some of my female colleagues. Um, they're there to pick me up when I've had a day that just, you know, don't want to carry on. <laughs> um, and they, you know, they understand it from a different point of view. Um, and there's that, that compassion. And I think more of that is needed. And I, I think especially in in the leadership angle, um, female leadership, those roles should have the same going backwards, you know, to the employees, especially with the females. It's great to have somebody who can understand and you can talk to 
I think that's that's definitely inspiring going forward. Yes, um, I agree. There are some things that um, would be easier for a woman to relate to. Now, I'm going to come to you, Sam, for the final comment on this. I think women can communicate with each other. We can support each other. I think women can use their strengths as good listeners to not only to listen to the women around them, um, but everyone around them to understand how we can all support each other to uh, work towards equality, um, not just in the workplace, but in all aspects of society. Absolutely. No, that that's that's just absolutely perfect. Thank you so much, Sam. Um, I mean, because we are celebrating International Women's Day, we're not trying to leave any men out. So we don't want the men listening to to feel left out. It's it, it's because it is International Women's Day. And and just, you know, in celebrating that, I want to celebrate all the women on the call today. And um, I want to thank you all for all your dedication. You know, you're not being paid to be on the B-Shark Council, but you're taking your precious time and you're doing, uh, you know, awesome work um, for our community and our career and our society. And I just want to say thank you all very much. Uh, and thank you for being on this call. It's really been wonderful, you know, being able to talk like this. We'll, we, you know, we have limited time on a podcast, but I'm sure we'll get another opportunity to, to come back and have more of a chat. Um, but it's been good to hear that, you know, you know, we, 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 we do want to encourage each other as women. We do want to support each other. And, you know, we do want to send that message out to any other um female audiologists or working women you know uh, you know keep going and doing what you're doing you're doing a great job and uh, you know we celebrate you so thanks everyone for being on the call and um, does anyone have anything else they want to say before we close i think we should celebrate today um, just how many of us there are now on bishar council as females i think it's really um valuable inputs that we have and it's good to see so many people putting themselves forwards it is, yeah. Absolutely. That's Ellie, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I knew it was you. I just wanted to make sure everyone else knew it was you as well. So, yeah, no, that that's great. Does anyone else have anything to add? Yeah. Yeah. It's great that we have such a diverse council at the moment. It enables us to breed um, open, honest conversation and get insight to different perspectives. So yes, it's great for us to all come together and just have these conversations. So thank you for making yourselves available and look forward to speaking again. Awesome. Privilege to be on Bishar with some very mighty women. That's I think that's my final word. But thank you for listening. <laughs> very much for organizing this podcast it's been as always inspiring to listen to um my women colleagues um on council and i i guess my final message is we need everyone uh, from across the gender spectrum um you know to support uh, equality and working towards a, a better place for everyone everywhere awesome thank you so much ladies brilliant thank to talk you. to you thank and we'll speak you. again soon Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for joining us. And I look forward to bringing you the next episode. As always, it's Elizabeth Adeshaba with Ear Talk.